I'm Pete McCall. Welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. This episode is going to be a special quick fit tip. Now, before I get into the full episode, huge favor, hit subscribe. I'm, I'm doing this for both my YouTube platform and audio platforms. No matter how you're listening to All About Fitness, if you like what you hear on the podcast, do me a favor and hit subscribe, either on YouTube or your audio platform. Before I get into the quick fit tip on different types of strength training, I want to say a big thank you to a couple of listeners, to Debbie Jones, Kevin Murphy, Alan Carter. Thank you for your notes. I really appreciate that. I appreciate the feedback and thank you for your support. I really, hey, you guys are nailing it. So you get, you're doing everything right. And I want to say a huge thank you to listener Amy Connell. Amy hosts a podcast called Grace to Health. It's a phenomenal podcast. I really, I've listened to one or two of her episodes, but Amy invited me to be on her podcast. I'm going to have the link down below. Now, on to, to this episode's topic, and that's strength training. I'm kind of doing a few episodes in a row here on strength training, and I want you to think about something. When it comes to strength training exercises, why do you do the number of reps that you do? Think about that for a second. You might do eight reps. You might be, do 12 reps. You might do 20 reps. Why do you do that specific number of repetitions? Where did you get that information from? What type of strength training are you trying to achieve? What outcome do you want? The last quick fit tip I did, I, I went into the different benefits of strength training. There are a number of benefits. I think the common factor, no matter what type of strength training you're doing, is you're trying to change your body. That, that is what we're doing with exercise, right? No one starts exercising or does strength training because they want to make their body worse. They do it because they want to make their body better. So what outcome are you trying to achieve? Because it's important to recognize there are different types of strength. Now, you may think, wait, what's the big difference? You know, I'm doing my sets for 10 reps. Okay, well, 10 reps will get you one outcome. Doing four or five reps, if you fatigue by the last rep, will get you a different outcome. Two things I want you to think about. As we go forward, talking about strength training, and if you want to sound cool to your friends, you might want to drop these terms at some point. The first term is time under tension, T-U-T. Time under tension refers to the speed, speed of movement, which is also called tempo, but it also could be the number of repetitions. So time under tension, I'm going to come back to that. The second one is rate of force development, how quickly your muscles generate force. And it's important to keep that in mind. That's what muscles do. When muscle fibers contract, when the actin myosin cross bridge against one another and they contract, muscle fibers generate a force and that's what moves the mass. The mass can be your body weight or the mass can be external resistance. So let's take a look at the different types of strength training. The one type that we're all familiar with, and I'm going to start with this one, and a lot of us do these number of repetitions, but it's important to change them on a regular basis. And that's, we're training for hypertrophy. Hypertrophy sounds kind of technical. All it means is we're training for bigger muscles, hyper meaning larger. So hypertrophy means that we're trying to increase muscle size. There are two different ways that can happen. One is sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. That's where the, the fluid around the cells, the sarcoplasm, will hold more fluid, hold more water. Now, there are different reasons why that happens. One reason is, is your muscles store more glycogen. When you work to fatigue, your muscle deplete glycogen from the type 2 muscle cells or type 2 muscle fibers. They're made up of muscle cells. Same thing. As your muscles deplete glycogen, muscles become more efficient in storing glycogen. Glycogen holds onto water. So one way that muscles grow and one of the benefits, one type of strength training is hypertrophy training. 
Training for hypertrophy usually means fatiguing somewhere between about 10 to 15 repetitions. That's a relatively high time under tension, right? Rate of force development is low because you're keeping force the same throughout all the repetitions. You're moving at the same tempo. But when you do a higher number of repetitions, 10 to 15, what you're trying to do is you're trying to induce momentary fatigue. Momentary fatigue could be a couple of different things, but primarily the muscles running out of available energy. So what happens with hypertrophy training? Muscles adapt by storing more glycogen, which in turn holds more water, and therefore you get sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. You get bigger muscles. That's hypertrophy training or bodybuilding training. That's what many people get into, get into exercise to do because they want larger muscles. They want better defined muscles. Now, when you do that type of training, we do more time under tension, you're stimulating the type 2 muscle fibers. Type 2 muscle fibers will stay contracted for periods after you're done exercise. That's what's called tonus. A lot of people will say tonus is not real, but there is a technical term, tonus. Tonus refers to a state of semi-contraction of the muscle fiber. So when you do higher number of repetitions for a longer period of time, what happens is more time under tension, you're going to increase the tonus of the muscle which is going to, so it's going to look better when you're done exercising. It's going to stay semi-contracted and you can also deplete glycogen. So the muscles become bigger, muscle cells and muscle fibers become bigger. That's bodybuilding training or hypertrophy training. The next type I'm going to talk about is base strength training or what some people might call general physical preparation, GPP. Base strength training, what you're trying to do is you're trying to increase the ability of the muscle fibers to generate force. Hypertrophy training, you're trying to go to fatigue to induce muscle growth. Generally, with base strength training, what you're trying to do is add strength, increase muscle force production with somewhere between five, maybe four to eight repetitions. And whenever I say repetitions give you a rep range, think about fatiguing by that last repetition. So if you're doing exercises for four to eight repetitions, your goal is to fatigue, not be able to do a ninth repetition. Or that last repetition should be very hard, be very difficult. Now, the difference is when you're doing heavier strength training for between four and eight repetitions, you're going to do something called myofibular hypertrophy. Myofibrils are the individual muscle fibers made up of the actin and myosin proteins. When you hit myofibular hypertrophy, what you're doing is you're inducing a thicker, denser muscle fiber. Sarcoplasmic hypertrophy will lead to muscle growth, muscle swelling. That's why they call swole, getting swole, and more fluid in the muscles. Myofibular hypertrophy can lead to density, thick, thickening of the individual muscle fibers. Now, as that happens, muscles can generate more force. This is why, think about the two sports, right? You have powerlifting, which is a sport of three lifts. In powerlifting, lifters will do the bench press, the squat, and the deadlift. And what they're trying to do is hit their one rep max. Now think of bodybuilding or figure athletes. And, and I'm going to use figure athletes to mean all genres, bikini, figure, bodybuilding, whatever. What you're doing is you're trained to compete on a stage to look better than other people. So think about powerlifters. Powerlifters are hella strong. They can lift a ton of weight. Brian Carroll, I think, lifting at 12 or 1,300 pounds. Eddie Hall, and it's been broken, Eddie Hall deadlifted more than 1,000 pounds. But when you look at them, they don't have the chiseled bodies of, of bodybuilders because they're training for a different purpose. Powerlifters are training to move as much weight for only one or two repetitions at a time. Therefore, their muscle fibers are getting much thicker, much denser, capable of generating higher levels of force. Bodybuilders are working to fatigue to try to isolate muscles. That's also, look, if you look at a powerlifting program, they're doing compound movements, chest press, deadlift, squat. 
They might do some accessory movements like hamstring curls or quadriceps, knee extensions, or triceps to make those muscles stronger to support the primary lifts. Whereas in bodybuilding, people are doing isolation training because they're trying to get the muscle to look, they're trying to localize force. When you do isolation training, you're localizing force into one section of the muscle. So it gets, it does all the work. Okay. So we have hypertrophy training for bodybuilding. We have base strength training. And, and even though powerlifting is technically max strength, you would train in the four to eight repetition range for powerlifting. You then have max strength which you're only doing one or two repetitions. So there, we have the different classifications. Now we have explosive training, explosive exercise. Explosive exercise is what we refer to rate of force development. So we have time under tension, keeping the muscle under tension longer. With explosive training, we have rate of force development. You're trying to generate. When you look at, let me take a step back. When you look at powerlifting, powerlifting really, if you really want to be pick nits, powerlifting should be called max strength training, right? Because you're not generating a lot of power. Power is work over time. Or another way to look at power is power is force times velocity. When you're moving a heavy weight, yes, you're working hard, but the time component really isn't as important. Now, let's take a look at, at the sport of Olympic weightlifting. Olympic weightlifting or barbell weightlifting is competing in two different events, the barbell snatch and the barbell clean and jerk. What you're trying to do in that event is trying to move the weight as fast as possible. You're trying to move as much weight as possible, but trying to move it as explosively as possible. That's different than powerlifting. In the sport of powerlifting, you're just trying to move the most weight. There's no speed component to it. When we look at Olympic weightlifting, there's a definite speed component too, because they're trying to snap that bar. And actually, if you want to be technical, it's when you look at when you look at Olympic weightlifting, it's the quicker you can get underneath the bar. Yes, the bar is going to have a vertical travel, but you're really trying to get your hips below the bar to catch the bar, or you're trying to get in the position to set the bar. But really, one of the main things of the sport of weightlifting is how quickly can you drop and get under the weight. But power, but Olympic lifting, weightlifting is explosive training. What you're trying to do in that sport is develop as much force as possible as quickly as possible. That's explosive. That's power training. So we have hypertrophy training. We have base strength. We have max strength. We have explosive training or powerlifting. And we have three very different sports. Think about those athletes. Think about bodybuilders versus powerlifters versus Olympic weightlifters. They have different body types because they train for different outcomes. Now let's throw in two, let's throw in two just outliers here. Strongman training and CrossFit training, right? Here, here, here's, here's a conundrum. And, and here's where it gets really here for a geek like me, here's where it gets really interesting. When you look at powerlifting and we look at weightlifting, that's Olympic weightlifting, the bar is traveling relatively vertical. There, there's a little curvilinear act anyway. You know what I'm talking about. In powerlifting and in, in powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting, the weight travels in a relatively vertical direction against the downward force of gravity. It doesn't matter whether it's the clean and the jerk, the bench press, or the snatch, whatever the lifts are, and there are five lifts between the two sports, you're generally picking up a weight against the downward force of gravity. Now, let's take a look at CrossFit and take a look at strongman training. CrossFit and strongman, here, CrossFit builds in, incorporates max strength training, powerlifting, explosive training, Olympic weightlifting. But one of the cool things about CrossFit that I really have a lot of respect for those competitors is a lot of the events you have to move force through space. You're not just lifting up vertically against the downward push of gravity, but when you do the farmer's carries, when you're doing the handstand walks, you're moving force through space. You're just trying to do it faster than other people. Kind of the same thing with strongman training. 
right? We look at strongman competitions, and I know we've all seen that late at night on ESPN. You know, you've been flipping channels on ESPN 6 whatever, and you catch the latest strongman competition from some random place like Zimbabwe. But it's really impressive to see those athletes train. If you want to really think about how you get strong, how you get truly strong, look at what strongman competitors do, how they train. Because in strongman and CrossFit, the cool things about that is you're not just doing the same thing repetitively. In Olympic weightlifting and in powerlifting, you're doing the same lifts. Three in powerlifting, two in Olympic weightlifting, you're doing them repetitively. So you're kind of grooving. You can get overuse injuries. When we look at strongman training, we look at CrossFit training, when you're doing it right, you're doing different types. Some days in CrossFit, you might do body weight. Some days in CrossFit, you might do kettlebells. Some days in CrossFit, you might do barbell. There's different aspects. What it is, is putting different load, different force profiles into the body. Same thing with strongman. Some strongman competitions, you might be doing a, a log lift. You might be doing a yoke carry. But that's really, if you, if you want to really think about how you should train, and, and I didn't even get into bodyweight training, right? Because a component of CrossFit is gymnastics. And we look at gymnastics and look at bodyweight training. We can get results from bodyweight training push-ups, squats, pull-ups, TRX, whatever you want to do, bodyweight training can induce muscle growth if you go to the point of fatigue. That's the key factor in all this. When you look at your exercise program, you always need to ask yourself, what am I trying to achieve? What do I want to get out of this program? Do I want bigger muscles? Then you should probably gravitate more towards the bodybuilding type training. Do you want to be strong? Do you want to be fit? Then you should maybe look at doing base strength or max strength training or training explosively. Hey, if you're like me and you just want to be all around fit, you should incorporate all of that. And that's what I try to get people thinking about. When I write in my book, Smarter Workouts, I introduce the different, those different concepts. I talk about different loading schemes and different ways to organize your sets and your reps. Same thing with my functional training ebook. I'm my functional, both of those will be available down below. But in functional training, the functional training ebook, I talk specifically about different reps and time under tension. Because here's what we should be doing, right? Here's what we should be doing. There's a couple of different ways to do this. There, there's something called linear periodization where you, you do a weight for a period of three or four weeks, then you increase for three or four weeks and you increase for three or four weeks. As your weight goes up, generally your repetitions come down. Then you would take two to three weeks off and start over again. That's linear periodization. That works great if you have a competitive schedule like a, like a sports competition or a race that you're training for. If you've, if you've ever trained for a marathon, you've done some form of linear periodization. You build your volume, then you back off, then you run the race. That's very basic science there. However, if you want something a little bit more specific, think about, or not necessarily specific, but if you want something general, let me rephrase that. If you want something general that can work all year round, think about something called nonlinear or undulating periodization. Some company came out a few years ago and called that muscle confusion. They made a heck of a lot of money on them. Good for you. Nothing wrong with that. But nonlinear or undulating periodization means you do different loads on different days. One day of the week might be heavy. Another day of the week might be light. Another day of the week might be moderate. This is one thing I try to get people thinking about. It's kind of the, one of the ways I train. It doesn't make it, it doesn't make it the right way. And when I share this, I'm, I'm not doing, I don't, I don't want you to do it because it's what I do. The fact is I've been reading about exercise physiology for 20 years. I do this stuff because it's what the science and what the evidence suggests we should be doing. So if I give you a suggestion based on what I'm doing, I'm only doing it because I've been reading the evidence, because I've been looking at the research. I've been reading people's books. 
If I picked up my camera and in audio, you can't really see that. But if I picked up my camera and showed you my cabinet with all my books and studies and everything, I've been reading this stuff and I do this. The reason why I do it is because it's what the evidence shows it works. So when I share that with you, I'm not telling you to do it because I do it. I'm doing it because it's what the evidence suggests. And that is lift heavy two, maybe three days a week. So I plan on doing one or two barbell or dumbbell workouts a week. I try to do at least one kettlebell workout a week where I'm moving explosively. I'm either doing kettlebell or I'm doing medicine ball throws, but I'm trying to do two, two workouts a week where I'm lifting relatively heavy and I alternate between barbell and dumbbell lifts. You know, I'm not doing anything fancy. I'm not trying to isolate my muscles. So one or two days a week of relatively heavy, I'm working on base strength or general physical preparation. I'm generally working between about the four and eight rep range. I generally do one, maybe two days a week of explosive training. Some days I combine my explosive training with my high intensity metabolic conditioning that gets in a little bit of semantics. And I'm going to talk about metabolic conditioning at a later time. But I definitely do at least one day a week explosive training because I want to work on that explosive rate of force development. I want to tap into that. That's the thing. As we age, if we're not training explosively, we will lose, we'll de-innervate, we'll lose those type 2 muscles. We don't lose the muscle fibers. They just atrophy, right? So as we get aged, we should still be throwing a medicine ball. We should still be swinging a kettlebell to be explosive. If you don't train it, you lose it. So two days a week, relatively heavy training, one, maybe two days a week, explosive training. Then I do one or two days a week of body weight training. I look at body weight training days as my core training day. I'm doing planks. I'm doing variations on the TRX. Maybe I'm using a little bit of resistance, like a little rubber loop band or a big rubber super band. But therefore, I'm two days a week. I'm just doing body weight, moving in multiple directions. I'm using my muscle and my fascia, my connective tissue together. Then one or two days a week, I'm doing metabolic conditioning. Lately, as you've heard me talk about, it's been primarily mountain biking. And what I'm noticing is taking me quicker and quicker to go up the hill near my house. It takes me about 40 minutes to go from my front door to the top of the hill. And if you follow the All About Fitness podcast on Instagram, you can see that ride. It's fun. Sometimes I'll post times of my way up. It takes me 40 to 45 minutes to get to the top of the hill. <laughs> it takes me a heck of a lot less time to come down. But I do that and I track it on Strava because it lets me know where I stand. And one of the reasons why I like mountain biking is mountain biking is high intensity interval training, especially the trail system I ride. It's called the switchbacks. You have some steep climbing for a little bit, and then you have flat climbing, steep climbing, flat climbing. That's basic interval training, right? And depending on which route I take. Anyway, so I'm going to wrap this up, guys. This is a quick fit tip. I want you thinking about the number of repetitions you're doing in your workout. And you should change this stuff regularly. Either change it every six to eight weeks. Do bodybuilding, 10 to 12 reps for six to eight weeks. Then do strength training, four to eight reps for six to eight weeks. Then do bodyweight training. Bodyweight training is a great way to offload. If you want to do it that way, great. Another way to do it, and this is just, I like doing it because it's good variety, especially now because it's really conducive to be able to do it at home. One or two days a week, I go heavy, dumbbells, barbells. One or two days a week, I go explosive, kettlebells, medicine balls. One or two days a week, I do bodybuilding or not bodybuilding. I do body weight training. One or two days a week, I do body weight training, core training. And why do I say one to two or give it some vary? Because some weeks I get better sleep than others. Some weeks I eat better than others. And on those weeks, the sleep is dialed in, the nutrition is dialed in. I train a little bit harder. But if something's happening, like I'm working right now, the final edits of my next book, taking some extra time, sleep is maybe a little bit more challenging. So I'm not going to push it as hard during that week. But have a plan to do that. Bodybuilding training, 10 to 12 reps, fatiguing by the last repetition, maybe 15 reps. 
If you want to do explosive training, that's the thing. I didn't give you a tempo or, or sorry, a rep range for explosive training. Explosive training, you want to do somewhere between four and six reps. That's the one thing I get concerned about with some of the competitive approaches to different styles of weightlifting. Those high intensity explosive, explosive lifts only meant to be do for done. Those high intensity explosive lifts are only meant to be done for a few repetitions at a time. So when you look at a clean and jerk, maybe two, three repetitions. When you look at a push press, maybe a few repetitions. Kettlebell swings are a little different. Kettlebell swings, because it's not as much force on the body, if you use the hips right, you can go to a higher rep range in kettlebell swings. But if you do an explosive training, the rep range should be low, but your intensity, your effort level should be extremely high. I'm going to have some information down below in the show notes. I'm going to link to one or two blogs I've written on this topic. But really, I want to bring this up because when we look at this, when we look at strength training, the number of repetitions matters. What you're training for matters. And also, the other thing that matters is variety. Do different things. Whether you do that with different things within a week or whether you do that over a period of weeks, the thing is your body needs a different stimulus. It needs consistent stimulus to change. You don't want to change it too often. You don't want to do a different workout every time. You want to be relatively consistent with the movement pattern so you get better at moving. But what you want to do is change up your loading. Again, two days a week, really hard training, heavy training. One or two days a week, maybe explosive training. One or two days a week, body weight training. Add in some metabolic conditioning in there. Maybe one day of steady state. I keep it at a relatively good steady state, maybe one day of high intensity interval training and boom, there you go. You're not going to be overtraining. You're going to be putting stimulus into the body and what the research is showing. And guys, there's a tremendous amount of research on this. This is why I train this way. What the research is showing is that approach can help you feel good, can help you get the health benefits, but there's something called successful aging. Successful aging is aging relatively free of disease. And that is the key to exercise. We want to exercise to the point of where we're putting off disease, that we stay healthy, we stay fit, we can go out and do our favorite activities. That's why you should be changing your reps up. If you want more information on that, my functional core training ebook, you can see a link down below, only $7 will tell you exactly what you need to know, or you can buy a copy of my book, Smarter Workouts. I go into the reps, I go into all that stuff that you need to know to get the best workouts possible. Hey, you want to check that out, check out my, my Instagram. I changed my Instagram handle. My Instagram tag is all about fitness. It's all about fitnesspodcast.com on Instagram. That's all about fitness podcasts on Instagram. You're already watching the YouTube channel. Hit subscribe down below. If you're listening on audio, please hit subscribe. If you want content, if you want a free chapter from Smarter Workouts, go to my website, PeteMcCallFitness.com. Go to PeteMcCallFitness.com. Sign up for my mailing list. I will send you a chapter of Smarter Workouts so you can try it before you buy it. I'll also send you a bodyweight workout and you'll be eligible for other content I'll be sending out. As always, thank you for stopping by. And I do certainly look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness, both on YouTube and audio.